0: Million Dollar Sundays are here to stay playing a 1 million dollar tournament is now a regular thing with the Million Dollar Sundays coming on Sunday August 2nd at 3 p.m. Eastern time we're hosting a 1 million dollar guaranteed no limit Texas Hold'em tournament where the winner walks away with $200,000 this is our third million dollar tourney with more lined up in the future you're going to love the Million Dollar Sundays tournament with daily free rolls to win your seat for free. Tons of satellites to qualify for a fraction of the cost and free bank wires for the top nine finishers. Don't miss your chance to win part of the $1 million guaranteed. Qualify today for the Million Dollar Sundays Poker Tournament. americascardroom.com
1: Okay, welcome to Ask Alex episode 45 on the OneOuter.com podcast sponsored by americascardroom.com If you want to get 27% rate back from americascardroom.com Simply set up your account by clicking on one of the adverts on the OneOuter.com webpage. That's all you need to do, and it will automatically link up your account and pay you 27% rate back. No coupon codes or anything like that are required. This episode and all previous episodes are on the OneOuter.com website and also via iTunes for free. Just search for the OneOuter.com podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at OneOuter.com. And also, join the Facebook group. It's facebook.com slash group slash oneouter. Alex, how are you today? Episode 45. We're, we're banging through these.
2: I'm psyched, man. I'm good. I'm, uh, uh... It's a weird day, though. My assistant's here. My wife is here. My wife has a patient here. Some guy's slamming a car door. Somebody's working on some house. All uh, right. And the dogs are barking, I think, as you just heard. Maybe, so... I don't think you guys can hear much of any of this, but it's. Well, <laughs> I was a little worried as you were going into the intro, but it sounds like everything's calmed down right now. Oh, yeah, and somebody ding-dong ditched me. They, like, knocked on my door and ran off right before. Uh, I, and we, I was telling you what we call it in Scotland. We call it Chicken Alley. Chicken <laughs> Alley.
1: Right. I don't know where it comes from. I'm actually going to Google that after and see, like, because. I don't know, but we call it chicken alley, ringing on someone's door or chopping their letterbox and running away. Uh, we call it chicken alley, and you call it ding dong ditch. Ding yeah? dong
2: ditch, yeah, yeah, ding dong ditch. Like ditch means, yeah, oh, well, you know, yeah, yeah, like, I know what I'm out of here, yeah, yeah, but no, it's It's weird to hear what things are called around the world. Like, yeah. well, it's uh, well, it's like weird. Like you guys say like takeaway, we you don't say takeout, right? Take like, away, yeah. We say it. Like, yeah, but like I didn't realize like countries that are influenced by the British use the same thing. So we're in the Bahamas, like it's like 20 minutes away from Florida, right? I'm like, yeah, could I get that for takeout? And they're like, what? And then I'm like takeaway and they're like oh yeah sure and i'm like what like you know you guys are in this hemisphere how do you guys use takeaway like but yeah no it's a anyway all yeah. right enough about the vernacular of each different country yeah.
1: well maybe it's maybe it's because that's english and you know <laughs> we invented it yeah. and that's the
2: english colony or whatever uh, but, you know
1: ex-english colony uh, you know
2: yeah yeah now, a lot of now I was uh, learning a couple words in German, and I was told, you know, English came from German. You know, it was a dialect of German. I was like, well, <laughs> well, it won. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it won. no one calls it German. So <laughs> yeah, It, won, it won in that battle as well. You know? <laughs> yeah. 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 Definitely.
1: Yeah. Um, so we were speaking last week. Well, yeah, it was last week, wasn't it? Mm. I'm getting confused. With when I was on holiday, we like pre a card. But yeah, it was last week. And we spoke about your scoop and stuff like that, and uh, it was quite funny. I, Alex sent me some images to use because I was using the, like the same four or five over and over for the podcast notes, and I found the perfect one I thought for your scoop, and I titled it "Scooped Out" and it was the one of you just like flopped on a bed, you know, <laughs> like, your, your face like looking completely like battered. And um, so yeah, we used that. But you're know, in the week, you know, since you you had your webinar. So uh, you want to talk about that and how people
2: can <coughs> get that, that missed it, et cetera. How did it go? <coughs> Sorry about that. Um, yeah, it went pretty well. Uh, it's called That's a Check Raise Fool. And as you may imagine, it focuses on check-raising people, also like flatting people's three bets, uh, because it's become really popular to three bet people really small. Uh, I also always like to show people the counter strategy to the strate- strategies that I show people, so in, uh, you flat too much, I discussed, uh, at length about why you should be three betting, uh, a little more with your, like, kind of crappier suited hands and stuff like that, and I re in this, I really show the counter strategy, so you can identify if people understand this, and if they don't, you can take further advantage of them, and, uh, sorry guys, I'm a little sick today, but, uh, it sounds like I'm doing rails at Coke. It's yeah, I know. <laughs> you know. You know the truth. You, Your 40-piece for, scoops just turned you to
1: it.
2: <laughs> you <know>? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, usually people turn to Coke when they make somebody because you need a little <laughs> to get it. But uh, Yeah, anyway, it, it's, uh, it was really fun. We also talked about, like, barreling because a lot of people were noticing in the scoop that I, w- I had, like, a lot of, like, really big triple barrels that did go through. And if I explain like the ranging to them, like what the people actually probably had, if you really thought about their inputs in the hand, like how much money they put in, at what time they put it in, on what board and what that necessarily means. They're actually like – it's always – it's not easy to triple barrel bluff, but it, it, there are times it's way more logical. And I think like the average person could do it more, but I think it's always really poorly explained in teaching – it's, uh, you know, a lot of people just go, oh, it would be a good triple barrel here, and then they don't really explain further. I tried to really like break down like exactly what you're looking for. And yeah, we also talked about like how to practice more purposefully, like what to focus on. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, it, was, it was very fun. I thought it would be like three hours, but there were so many, the, the kids were so like live with the material. I was a little, a lot of people at the last minute said, you know, I want to just, I'll just get the videos, you know, I'm kind of scooped out and uh, Mm. they said, you know, I'm going to just pick up the videos. So I was worried we weren't going to have as much interaction because like half the people were just picking up the videos, but uh, it ended up turning out really well and, you know, people were really into it and it turned out uh, being a lot of content, like four hours worth for you, you can still get a copy of it uh, for $79.99 Seventy nine, ninety nine, and I mean, really, that boils down to like twenty bucks an hour, which my usual rate is two ten an hour. So, and it's like very focused and it's very much on content that can help you beat the games right now. So it was a, it was pretty cool. It was like it, it was a really good time. It worked out pretty well, and I I'm really just I'm really uh, I I find a great deal of satisfaction in self publishing. I'm really looking into like eBooks and stuff like that, because I just want to, it's really fun to have like, that's a check race fool, dissecting the donk that you flat too much, why styles is right, why post is right, like that's really, it's really cool to have all these webinars because it, it, it feels like compiling like a masterclass for people and like showing them specifically what it takes, in my views. Uh, to get people, like, ahead in these games, and then also, like, I like, like, doing the free content, like, most of those, actually, pretty much all of them uh, have, like, an article that uh, really introduced them to, you. actually, I should write that down, I forgot to, uh, I usually have a preview article, I put out a preview article, but I don't think I, like, hyped it as much, uh, but, like, Uh, yeah, you can, like, check out the articles for free if you guys want at pokerheadrush.com. We put a lot of the content there. And it's just really fun to see, like, my students, like, donk betting and, like, check raising and, like, triple barrel bluffing and, like, getting deep in these tournaments where before they felt like they were more at the mercy of cards because, you know, they're making more money. It keeps me sharp, too, because when you get paid to, like, study and produce, you, you have to get pretty good pretty fast. And if there's a financial reward, I'm one of the I'm one of those people that does respond to it. It sounds weird, but there's a lot of people that do not respond to financial rewards or potential financial rewards. There's just there's a lot of like poker players who are like really good, uh, would be really good teachers, but and they really need money. But like they, you know, because it's not as exciting as playing poker, they're just like I'm not into this.
1: I think laziness is what well.
2: Yeah, laziness. I I mean, it's really laziness. Yeah, it, it, you would think, well, some of my friends are, like, so good. I'm like, dude, you could charge, like, 300 an hour, and it'd probably be pretty justifiable, you know? And they're like, yeah, but, well, you know. And I'm like, dude, like, like Manhattan attorneys study for, like, eight years to yeah. make $300 <laughs> an hour, man. It's like, what, you, you know, it's kind of weird. You're just, like, sitting on that, you know what I mean? They're uh, like, oh, you know. And then they, you know, they come around. They're like, I don't have money right now. I'm like, don't don't talk to me. I don't have sympathy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, get get working. Uh, but yeah, sorry, I went on about that a little longer. But <laughs>
1: just, just on just on that. I mean, you'll know yourself. But obviously, you've got a good work ethic. Well, a lot of poker players um, come from that sort of school of thought, and they've done it for so many years that the thought of even scheduling something that they have to be there at a certain time, even something as simple as a Skype call can just make them think, Oh, I won't do it for any amount of money.
2: Oh yeah, that's true. And I mean, there's a part of me that's like, I like the days I wake up and there's not really a schedule and I can get to things as I see fit. Like there's certainly a part of me that is attracted to that. And uh I would love uh, I I think uh I would love to just like sit around like reading books and writing and stuff like that and just playing poker when I feel like it but yeah like uh normal life doesn't work that way <laughs> and uh uh I yeah I think it's actually really the word that went through my head which I think is a little harsh is childish but it is kind of childish it, it's like and, you know, back when the average salary for an MTTer was like $100,000, uh, sure, you know, whatever you want to do, fine. Just be sure to save that money, you know what I mean, when times get tough. But nobody saved that money. And they, didn't, they probably could have made 200000 300000 a year back then, right? And uh, if they really worked hard on it, now the average salary in poker is like uh, $40,000. Uh, and car alarm just went off. Yeah. So, <laughs> go. I'm in the hood apparently. <laughs> it's, uh, it's popping off here, man. But like average salary in poker now is like $40,000, right? If you're lucky. Uh for a lot of these empty tiers, right? And I see the books and that's that's the number I've arrived on. And uh yeah, if you're just lazy, it's like 30,000 a year, but like if you like get involved uh I I mean, uh, like, obviously not everybody can do what, like, Jonathan Little and I do, but if you, like, get involved on the affiliate side of things, uh, if you get involved with just coaching, even minimally, or uh, selling articles, or selling training videos, are, uh you know, just, there's a hundred things you could do. I mean, I always was really, I think you're the same way, Barry, like, you're always, like, trying to find an edge in something, you know what I mean, like... If you live in a country like one that always boggles my mind is like when people go to like uh, like in Costa Rica, there's like a lot of like, quote unquote, professional players. Right. But like, I just don't see the fire in these mm-hmm. kids like uh, I had to be pr- pretty blunt. And, uh, you know, a lot of them live with their mommy and daddy. And, they you know, I, to me, that's not a professional player. They go to the United States, and I want to help them. I'm like, hey, man, you know, everybody down here wants, like, iPads. You know, poker players want to show off that they have the newest, like, most expensive thing. Like, if you see me, like, at a poker tournament, I literally have, like, a $40 MP3 player because, like, whatever. I don't, I don't know. It works. And then, But, like, poker players have to have an iPad, right? And, like, uh, iPads here cost, like, $1,000 because there's, like, an 80%, like, import tax, right? I'm like, dude, just, you know, when you go there, go buy a bunch of iPads in the United States, like put one in your backpack, put like two in your bag, put one in your girlfriend's bag, put one in your carry on, you know what I mean? And then when you get here, sell them and you're going to be making like 300, 400 pop, you know what I mean? You sell five of them, that's $2,000 in your pocket. And I know you're not making that in a month. And they're like, yeah, but you know, I don't don't really feel like doing that. You know what I mean? And it's just stuff like that. Like you're just like, they yeah. You know what I mean? And they're so bad with money, you, you start to realize they couldn't get the money together if they really needed it because they were so busy, like, balling out. You know what I mean? And it's uh, I, it, it, it's weird to me because it's like... Uh, the other thing is, like, the ballers are, like, they're always gone every two years. It's like a rotating cast, right? And if you meet, like, the really professional poker players, like... I've had the privilege of meeting some of the, like, the huge names. They're actually pretty frugal. Like, just not, like, you know, like, if they're going to go to dinner and it's expensive, fine. But, like, they're not going to waste money for the hell of it. You know what I mean? And uh, there's uh it's it's funny because those people will, like, help out with, like, anything. Like, uh, it, if it's, like, someone who can't do anything for them, like – I remember, like, I got involved in this charity, and it was like this kid had, like, brain cancer, right? And uh, I asked, like, you know, all these poker players are always going on. Like, we went to dinner, and it cost $4,000, dollars da 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 And I was like, yo, man, if you could put 50 bucks down on this, it would really help his family, I know, right? I promise you it's, like, going to a good cause, whatever. They're like, no, sorry. You know, and it's like, to me, it's a... It, <laughs> You know what I mean? I I don't... But, like, if you ask, like, you know, like, if you ask, like, the big names, even some of them, like, even who weren't even doing that well, it'd be like, man, 50 bucks, I can give you more than that, man. I can get you... It's like, no, 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 man. We're just trying to get a little from everybody. We think we can hook it up if we do that. You know what I mean? But, like, obviously, Mm -hmm. if you want to... But, yeah, it's a very... uh, And, as per usual, I've gone on about a culture shift in poker ad nauseum in one outer, but I think... (laughs) I think that's what a lot of our listeners, like is hearing more about like the reality, you know what I'm saying? Well, it's,
1: it's true, and also a lot of these guys are staked, or they'd rather go and borrow money just to play the games again, rather than: That's
2: true. That's true
1: coaching or something like that. It seems like work to them, but um, each to your own, but uh, yeah, I think I think you've got to realize, especially the way the games are now and the way poker went over the last few years. You gotta diversify if you're a professional, you know. Oh, for sure.
2: Well, like, uh, let me break it down a little for, further. Let me use the best, uh, in my opinion, the best online player, is Mormon. I, I I really can't come up with another guy who's close who's been as consistent over ten years. I think maybe Ape Styles are Mormon actually, like, one or the other, right? But let you let's use Mormon because he's the one I have the statistics on hand. Mormon makes, like, $20 a game on PokerStars. Okay, now, that is excellent, right? Like, that is incredible. Uh, however, like you said, most of these guys are back. Like, 90% of these guys are back. So let's say you're Mormon-caliber player, but you're back. So you're making $10 a game, right? If you play 21 tournaments in a day, that's astounding. But, like, you're, you're still being out-earned by, like, a quality player that's charging... To Like, okay, I I used my hourly right there because I'm a narcissist. But, okay, like they have to play 21 tournaments there to catch up to what I make in an hour. And that's going to take them probably four to six hours most likely, right? Now, if they play 42 tournaments, that's pretty healthy for a day, right? Um, That, that again, takes me two hours. So not only is it, like, lazy, but it's... betrays a very basic misunderstanding of the mathematics of your actual earn in tournaments. And by the way, there's no law that says you can't teach for one hour and then go play poker. And then it's like multiplying your earnings, you know, and uh, it's, uh, it's just like when you pay your house payment, you should pay the principal like ahead of time you know what I mean, for the next payment. It, it, it could be, like, $100 versus, like, the 800 but it'll still, like, it just multiplies and multiplies, like, down the... Uh, mm-hmm. down, it compounds. It compounds, yeah. yeah, exactly. there There's a much better... What, what was it? What was it Einstein who said like compound interest was, like, the miracle of this century or something like that? Yeah, it's, yeah. like, the, great, the greatest thing in the universe or something, it is, is compound interest. It is yeah. pretty yeah. Amazing, Most powerful thing. Most yeah. powerful thing. It's amazing when you put it on a graph well, then you start to, like, live it, you know what I mean? Like, someone, uh, I certainly did not have, like, a financial background at all, but, like, you know, you start, like, I'm making, like, less money than I ever made, like, in my heyday of poker, and I have way more money just because if you just sit around and, like, study for a second and, you know, save your money and, like, don't have a drain up your nose, <laughs> and if you don't have... Uh, by the way for the record i never did cocaine cuz i assumed with my personality i'd be doing that every single day the first time i tried it but if you don't like smoke away all your like brain cells and your time and uh you know your edge and you you don't go drinking twice a week so you can't do anything those nights and you can't do anything the next day i mean there's a reason a lot of the best poker players I know, like, they don't drink. It's not because they have anything morally against it. It's just one of those, like, I got to wake up early and I got I to get to work, you know. But anyway, yeah, I'm ranting. I'm old man Fitzgerald oh. now. <laughs> <laughs> Pop Fitzgerald. Um,
1: okay, so we're going to get into questions then. and The first one we're going to pick up with is Chase Bianchi or Bianchi. He nice, emailed man. in and we dealt with his question last week. If you remember, it was the guy who was considered, he's moving uh, states, I think, and he's going to be playing live. Oh, and oh he was yeah, looking I remember. For, he was looking for advice and stuff. Well, he's obviously listened to the podcast, and he's got back in touch. Um, he is Wiz50 on Full Tilt and The Wizard50 on Stars. Um, he's got here, and he's got, Hello again, gents. This is a follow-up to my question on episode 44, when I asked for some advice on moving to Maryland. Maryland? Yeah, yeah. yeah Maryland. remember we had that yeah, last yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got uh, it, you to, got it. Yeah, to play full-time. Uh, partially my fault for not giving enough detail and the misunderstanding of my situation. I have done 40-plus hours a week full-time poker pro for over three years. Mm. Around two around 2009 to 2012, during which I split my time between online and live with good results on both. an hour plus over thousands of hours live, an online online 46% ROI over 2,600 games, $40 average buy-in, and post-Black Friday being a decent winner over a small sample on Bovada. Uh, That said, I am confident I will be a winner in the games. My wife and I will have around 3,000 in monthly expenses, and I will have a 50k to 70k bankroll. Curious to hear what your back row considerations would be in my spot. I agree with you about starting in a 2-5 game and getting back into the full-time ground that way. Down the road, I do want to play five-ten regularly and even ten-twenty-five when a good game presents itself. Where are the tipping points where risk of ruin is minimal considering the upside? Sorry if it's now too lengthy. I was trying to avoid that initially, but I appreciate what you guys do for us all. Thanks.
2: Well, let's uh, <clears throat> let's break it down. So he's got 50k, right? Yeah. Okay. I, uh, I I have some bankroll rules that I instituted, and obviously I'm only one sample, but uh, obviously I'm only one sample, but it's worked pretty well for me. Uh, I I at a very young age realized like if I bust, like this is gonna be pretty bad. I you know, I didn't even like I literally didn't have a home to go to or whatever. So I took most people's buy-in Requirements and I made it like way Way tougher right? So I set a hundred buy-ins uh, for cash games and it was a hundred buy-ins for cash games a hundred buy-ins for sit-and-goes and 200 buy-ins for mtt's and I later extended that to 300 now <clears throat> You need to know that's the most like conservative bankroll management you'll pretty much hear from anybody. And Sorry, guys, I, I seem to have a problem with my throat today. Um, <coughs> but uh, that's about as conservative as you're going to hear. But your risk of ruin really, uh, I think mathematically it goes down below 2%. percent there. like if you're a confident player, whereas the requirements – Uh, People didn't really realize this, but the requirements most people hear is, like, you need 60 buy-ins for cash or whatever. Um, That leaves you with a risk of ruin usually around, like, 5%, which is, to me, like, one time out of 20 is pretty sickening. Uh, And also, you think about, that's if you're playing, like, perfectly on a bad run, whereas most of us do not. So your risk of ruin could even go up as high as, like, one time out of 10 and uh, I, I don't know what the snowball effect is in your uh, experience, uh, I mean in your game, because uh, I've, it's not, I don't know if you've dealt with a really big downswing yet, so that's not something I can really judge, but uh, I would, if you have $3,000 in expenses, I would start maybe even for the first like month or two just playing the two five games. You need to make six buy-ins in the entire month to cover your expenses. That's really not that much live, and this gives you a lot of leeway. And, you know, once you cover that for a couple months, you can be like, all right, time to move up, right? And then you start feeling like, man, this is easy, right? Uh, This is a lot easier because I've gotten really into this and, like, playing that. Uh, I understand wanting to move up to 1025. However, you have 20 buy-ins for that game if you're buying in for 100 big blinds. Your risk of ruining that, like, it, uh, can go really high. No, I understand, like, I've played in games, I, I mean, online I've never played higher than, uh, I've never played, like, 1, 2, or 2, 4 on stars and made money. Uh, when I did play on, like, cake and other stuff like that, I, I played, like, 5, 10 and 2, 4, but it was significantly worse players. But, like, live I have played, like, 25, 50 when I thought the game was soft, um, it's uh i've never really felt like it's a great decision i i feel like it's uh you know there's times where a guys just like spewing money and you can go whatever i'm gonna take my one buy-in there and see what happens right but you i i find most people get into that a little bit more and then it becomes like you know two five is like something to suffer you know what i mean or my five ten is like something to suffer, right and uh it it's not that's your bread and butter, and I think that's y- you should be having fun with that and playing that most of the day, you know what I mean most of the day should be spent on the game you're gonna be playing on, and then one day you know I did really well at uh I did really well at like two four and five ten like online on like uh uh, uh, cake, primarily some other, like, small sites. And I think it was just because by the time I got there, I had the money uh, to do it. And, you know, like, nothing really fazed me as much as it could, whereas, like, the regs were, like, putting people through the ringer. Uh, everybody else, and, like, they just couldn't really handle the swings, where I'd, like, taken my 20 buy-ins up there, and I was ready for it. Um, I would recommend you play, like, 2-5, until you get to, like, a bankroll of, like, 60,000. And uh, at 60,000, I'd say you should move up to 510, is then you have 60 buy-ins. And uh, you can take a shot as long as you have, like, a strict, like, go-back uh, plan. So I would say go from, you know, go play 510 and take, like, a ti- 10 buy-in shot. I'm trying to, like, combine what you're doing there. Uh, I'm trying to... Uh, like, give you a shot at, like, some higher six tournaments while also, like, keeping your bread-and-butter game. So I would say, like, go up to 60K and, uh, you know, uh, take your 10 buy and shot at, like, 510. Once it goes down to, like, 50K, go back to 2.5 until you get to your 60K again. And then uh, you can make, like, different bankroll considerations for moving up. And this is... uh, I also... Uh, I I don't know if you have any money in savings, but always good to put some money aside. Uh, if you if you get to like sixty k, a lot of times people come to me like real embarrassed. It's like, well, I got to this amount, but I feel like I kind of hopped and skipped there, and uh, I you know what I mean. I, I I'm fine with my normal game right now because I'm starting to get the players or whatever, and. I'm feeling good right there and I don't really want to move up. And I you know, you can pocket that ten K, like put it in an account like for a rainy day. I think that's a pretty smart idea. But yeah, uh <clears throat> it sounds like you really have a good head on your shoulders. Um again, I would uh I would recommend diversifying with online as well. Uh just because uh it it's it's just good for like getting rake back and being able to play more games and to stay active in different games and to get more uh, to get more exposure to different situations and uh, also just to keep it balanced so you're not just playing live so you're not just playing line so you don't uh, online so you don't get exhausted and yeah, best of luck to you
1: yeah uh, i I would just add. Um, stuff and we'll see, see if Alex agrees with me. Um, and if he doesn't, I'll edit in that he does agree with me. Anyway, <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, just just reading like your situation. Uh, thanks for the added information and stuff because it does help. You know, Alex give better advice and even let myself chip in. But he said fifty to seventy thousand bankroll. I mean, that, that's a huge spread um, in terms <laughs> of like your cushion uh, of you know what what you do have available. Um, and you're saying like three thousand a month in monthly expenses. Now, I don't know your personal situation, if your wife's working as well, if she's gonna, you know, like help out and stuff with those with those bills, like what your what your living situation is. But um thirty three thousand a month in expenses, if you think of it like how many months and maybe Alex thinks this way as well, like when he speaks about putting money away, you know, like people say I'll oh, put six months in stuff away um, so you got it covered. Three thousand. I mean, you know, you're thirty six thousand a year. Um, so say you've got like the the sixty k. I mean, you you're like eighteen months or something expenses. So you know, if you broke even, then you know it, it's gone. If it was your bankroll now, unless this money you're talking about is a completely separate bankroll, and you've also got savings and stuff and. You know you've got living expenses covered for a while. Then yeah, but like Alex says, um, I I think at least a hundred buy-ins. Um, even people would say you know you know for cash at least you know, if you're playing live and this is it this is all you've got your bankroll then I, I, at least a hundred buy-ins you would say. Um, obviously there is less variance and stuff than tournaments where you, you say 200, don't you, Alex, in tournaments? And oh,
2: yeah, I mean, Some, some people yeah. would
1: even say 400 and stuff. Yeah, I've heard, I've say, heard, I've heard 400. I've yeah, heard. I mean, you know, the variance in some of the tournaments, I mean, without getting right into tournaments, I, so I remember playing it and just laughing at people that were saying, like, you know, 100. by And I, I knew some people, again, like, inverted commas, professionals that were playing off <laughs> They were playing like Zoom, full tilt, with like fifteen buy-ins, living at their mums and stuff, calling themselves professionals. I'm like, oh yeah, uh, you're fucking kidding me, you know? Seriously. No. Um, and but the, yeah, yeah, this yeah, guy's sorry, obviously bad. an know This guy's obviously, you know, an old, an older guy, married, etc. He's moving state situation. Like really good luck with it, and uh, keep us posted. Um, how you go? It'd be interesting once you made the move and stuff to maybe like send in some questions or. Information to let us know how you're going um, because it's a lot of thing. I know a lot of people do it there is this romance about live and I'm not saying that's why you're doing it but you know it's it's interesting and also check out the casinos you're playing in if they've got any of these like points gate systems things and I mean that'll add up as well it's not much I don't think in some of the casinos but it will add you know you, you hand your card over sort of thing and you, you rack up the points and stuff that can help with I don't know, like, food while you're there, etc. or use the money for, for gas, as you Americans call it. You know, we, <laughs> call, it, we call it petrol. Um, so, uh, yeah, so, yeah, good luck to you. But, yeah, I'd say at least 100 buy-ins. And just, just take your time with it and edge in. There's probably, if it's going to be your full-time income, you might feel like an urgency and a rush to, like, right, i got to make, you know, this 3,000, this, so, you know. You've got a cushion there. You've got the situation feel out it take a while to feel out the games. And who's who's the pros? Who's the regulars, etc. And uh, see how your game goes. And they might be really juicy games, and you might get you know you might make you know crazy go on a heater for six months or whatever. But
2: uh, good luck with you anyway. Um, my dog, my dog agrees. I don't know. He's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, all, he's all about that plan. You know, he's like, yeah, talk he to him. He wants to go.
1: He wants to go and play live. He's like, later. talk to him. <laughs>
2: talk to him, man. He looks exactly yeah. like the full tilt poodle, by the way. Like I was waiting to say
1: that. Yeah, the little avatar. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh One more thing I was going to say. Like, uh, I think this guy said he had kids uh, last time. But even if he doesn't, but le- like, let's like let just say, like, if you- the more kids you have, the, the more wives you have, I was about to say, the more, uh, (laughs) uh, uh, you know, if it's a Mormon colony in Utah, uh, that's playing on ACR. Uh, but, uh, you know, the more like dependence you have, like the more money you should have in savings. I don't like fault these kids for like going all out. Like I, uh, you know, I traveled the world. I played in private games across Europe and, uh asia and south america and both coasts of the united states and uh i had a lot of fun you know what i mean and like going broke was part of that like i didn't like uh it didn't really seem like anything to me because you know like having had to like commercial fish for money and stuff like even being broke like eating a cup of noodles on like the side of the road like you know, you could possibly go party that night or whatever. So it was like, whatever, right? However, don't dare call yourself a professional at that time. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're just you're just having fun right there. And if you keep that up, a lot of guys like keep this up, like when they have kids and stuff, and that just blows my mind. You know what I mean? Like I just, I'm just married. I don't even have kids. But even when I got married, I was like, all right, man, you know, we got to turn this into a job. Like this has to be. Like this has to be like there has to be like health insurance and now there's car payments and a house payments and, you know, stuff along those lines that you mm-hmm. have to be paying off property taxes and, uh, you know, just a thousand different things. And if like you're partying, you know what I mean? If you like all your money's on the line with poker, uh, that's not really good, you know, and I'm not saying like this guy did that. It's just something I thought of. If you're saying 50 to 70 K. If you have like 68K, I would just take 18K off the table right now and put it into like, uh, I I would just put it into a bank account and just like forget about it. I still do this to this day. I have like a bank account. I put a money in and I just forgot about it. And, you know, the cards in my wallet in case I'm ever like in an emergency. But, you know, it's one of those things like it's not to be touched unless yeah. there's an emergency and like if you somehow go broke and you have six months of expenses it's not really an emergency because you prepared pretty well for that but you gotta not dip into that you might have to like go get another job or something don't be like honey we got six months of expenses don't worry about it okay honey it's actually two because there's this really good game down the street so okay <laughs> I'll, I'll talk to you later all right you know wish me luck <laughs> out the door yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, okay, well, good luck, and do keep us posted. Let us know how it goes uh, a couple of months down the line or whatever. Um, okay, next question is from Peter McCarthy. Uh, Hi, Alex and Barry. I'm a big fan of your show and eternally grateful. I mean, that we love that. Nice. Uh, for all the great content you guys provide on the podcast, I have two questions for you, uh, and f- both from a tourney I played yesterday that I would like your opinion on. Uh, Okay, so I'm just going to read this verbatim. Okay. Uh, I'm playing in a 150 buy-in, 40k starting stack, with a mix of some good players and some really bad pub-playing experts, which just bleed bleed chips. Uh, So far, I have had a good run of things, and we are in about the fourth level, and I have nearly doubled up to 70k. Uh, blinds are 400 800 i have ace of hearts king of clubs under the gun and raise to 2k and get four collars one immediately to my left one the button and both blinds we take a flop of king of spades seven of hearts five of hearts so with top pair top kicker i c bet for 5500 and get two collars he has the
2: excuse me he has the backdoor flush draw right uh ace of hearts
1: ace of hearts yeah thank
2: you okay go
1: ahead yeah uh a young guy to my left i'm the small blind and i put the young guy on a weaker king and the small blind who has been playing a wide range on some kind of draw or a weaker king as well i suspect somebody may have king king of hearts x hearts as well so three-handed we go to the term which is the queen of clubs My question is, what do I do now? I feel king-queen is a definite possibility in one of these two guys' hands. Should I check here and hope to get to the river cheaply with great showdown value, or bet my hand for value? I know if I get check-raised here, here, I'm probably beat. For the record, uh, I get checked to and bet 7,500 and get called by a young guy, and then raised big by the small blind. I feel quite sick so fold the young guy also folds shows King of Jack, uh, King, King Jack. So basically, how should he proceed with his ace King? I get from this question. His first question on that turn card.
2: Okay. Uh, I'm not going to answer the question you asked until I get to it. Cause there's a lot of things here I want to discuss. First of all, your race size is not good for a pub game. Uh, this is a pub game, correct? Uh, he
1: said, he's saying that it's a tournament, but there's like a lot of, there's some good players and some bad, like, pub-playing pub
2: Yeah, like, 2.5x two, two like, should be plenty, but it's not. Like, I would go even just, at, like, 2200, or you can even go for the full 3x. Here, you rock in almost 100 big times. Ace-King is one of those hands that does really well versus one player. And uh, because it's a draw to, like, one pair, and one pair is extremely good heads-up, the nut high card does have value heads up three-way, uh four-way action, usually by the Turner river uh, w- top pair, top kicker. A lot of the times can be like the best second best hand, right? And you're going to lose a lot of money from it. And also um, usually people with like top pair, no kicker are not feeling that good multi-way. When you come firing in the second time, as you're identifying here, so it's really hard for you to get value from your hand in a multi-way pot. It's very easy for you to lose a lot of money. So I would up your open size here, and I don't even mind like uh, going more than 3x here. I, it's not something I do that often, but it is good in live. Uh, it also brands you as like a recreational player, which is way better than getting the internet player tag. Now, anyway, so the flop comes down. Um, I like your c-bet here. In a four-way pot, sometimes I'll check to defend my checking range uh, here. But with the backdoor flush draw, that gives you a little more uh, equity to, uh, it, it, to keep barreling. Uh, like that turn barrel, it, if that turn did come a heart, you do have a redraw. So like being involved in a slightly bigger pot isn't, you know, it, it's not as big of a deal as if you didn't have the heart and you're just like really trailing around. Uh, th- so you've bet on the flop and you list it out of range here, but I, I can tell like you've never like looked, uh, I shouldn't say never, but I'd be very surprised if you've looked at like a flopzilla readout of like what each person's range is. Cause you would see that like King Queen is a very small portion of each person's range. Whereas, uh, King Jack, King 10 suited, which I think you could give each player here, um, is a pretty big portion. Uh, Flush draws that have missed are still a big portion. Middle pairs that have still missed are still a big portion. So versus the vast majority of your opponent's range here, you're getting another street of value on the turn. So I would really recommend you fire. The problem being you're out of position. So uh, the thing is, when you're out of position, I I really recommend being careful about... if you check at any point in the hand, you're waving a white flag that says, I have one pair or a miss flush draw, please play accordingly. Um, if you fire preflop flop, turn, it's a little more likely if you give them the green light on the river, they're not going to go through it because you've indicated a lot of interest in this pot. However, I would really recommend if you fire this turn, you do fire a lot of rivers. It doesn't have to be that big of a bet. Uh, in live, I do find people, they hem and haw, but I'm not really convinced they're really thinking about anything because uh, <laughs> that sounds really mean. But like, I, I honestly don't know what they're thinking of, like, because if you really think through the hand, like the triple barrel range should be pretty nutted here, you know, but they'll, you know, it, I, I think like the logic turns into I have a pair, you know, yeah. I have a pair and uh could he not have a pair? I think it's possible sometimes before I've called here and people have not had a pair and I have a pair, you know, so they call and, uh, you got to go for three streets, a lot more lives because people don't, there's no like replay the hand, you know what I mean? You, you don't get to see the guy's hand unless you're one of those jerks that goes, I think he's colluding against himself. Uh, <laughs> please turn that hand over. Right. And, uh, He'll just get the muck if he's wrong, right? So you get a lot more second and third pair calls than you could ever believe uh, in these situations. I mean, if you ever watch, like, EPT Live, like, you'll see people, like, calling down with, like, ace high just because they don't have to turn on the... uh, They don't have to turn it up at the table, and then they go, oh, crap, this is, you know, like, the feature table. So, like, if they don't have the wherewithal to fold there, they're probably not going to be able to fold in your local game. Uh, Now, when you fire the turn... uh, Uh, By the way, you said check-raise. It's a raise. Uh, You're – I think you were in early position. You got called in four spots. So uh, it's a raise. If they – they can't check-raise you here because they cannot check, if you bet. Um, uh, So if they raise you here – now, I hear this a lot. Uh, styles would call this fear-based thinking. I, I think it's just like not really clear thinking. I hear a lot of times where it's like you use descriptions such as "I'm sick." Um, That's because you presuppose you're uh, assuming your top pair top kicker has a value which it does not deserve. Uh, Top pair top kicker is not a big hand in a four-way pot. Uh, There's a reason when I played like live cash, like I, I don't like from under the gun. A lot of times I just mock Ace Queen at like lively games because. If I flop top pair, it was just going to go down in flames a lot of the time by the river, especially in these very live games. You're in a very live game here. What you're looking for are hands that make two pair better. So a lot of times, like, I would prefer to have 6-4 of diamonds than, like, ace-king off. Uh, now, obviously, ace-king off is the superior hand, and I would rather have that. But it's a lot easier, like, to play... Six four of diamonds or seven eight of clubs or something like that. Those specific suits, you can't play the seven eight of hearts or whatever. No, but uh, I don't know why I always give suits to my suit connectors in my analysis, but <laughs> like uh, because in my head I see the hands and then yeah, I you yeah, you
1: visualize, yeah,
2: and it's like, but it sounds so. I wonder if people are listening. I was like, does he just play that suit? Like, is that a randomization? Like, but anyway. Well-
1: what what's weird? Just just total side note you threw in there is when I visualize them. It's always red suited cards. It's never black.
2: It's always red. It, it's always yeah. it's always <laughs> it's always four colors in my mind. Cause, like when I go and play live, like to this day. I mean, like when I see the cards, I'm always like, you know, hey, why are my clubs uh, black? <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like uh, I, I'm very confused here. It's like, uh, I'm a huge proponent of the four-color deck. I love it so much. But, yeah, anyway, uh, continuing, a, a lot of people say, like, I feel sick or, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do if I bet and I get raised. Well, if he raises you, what could he have that's bluffing you? You know what I mean? Like, um, it is possible he could turn, like, a pair and a flush run into a bluff, but I, I would assume most players at your games just call with those hands. Uh, just because, you know, once in a while you'll get a guy who like flips out. But even then, he had like nearing 40% equity going into the river. So it's like, it's not like you fold it like with the grand poobah of hands. Like, life shall go on. And most of the time, you've run into king queen. And you can, you know, you can sleep soundly it's going to be fine. I mean, it, you're going to have to learn how to do this with way tougher hands. I overbet in WPT in my last WPT. I played, I overbet with top set on the river and the guy jammed on me and it, it, I overbet the river because I knew there were two guys in the pond. I knew the first guy would call me with top pair. Cause I, I don't know why he just, he did not seem like a believer. And, uh, The second guy, I just did not know what was going on with him. He was just a very, like, taut guy, right? And I overbet. The first guy called, and I was like, sweet, money in the bank. And the second guy jammed, and the only hand that beat me was, like, a gutter ball that somehow, like, it wasn't even, like, a gut shot on the flop. It was a gut shot on the turn, and I couldn't understand how he, you know, got through the flop. But it was one of those things. It was like, what else does he check jam here, right? And there was like, there was no set combinations. Like there was just none because he would have played them faster. Right. And he looked like this was the easiest thing that he'd done in his life. So I was like, it has to be the straight. And this is like, you know, I folded in the next guy. uh, The next guy to him said, I'll give you a million dollars if you don't have King Queen. Right. And the guy folded. And I was like, how can you make a read that good and still call my over here? But okay. Like, Because then the guy like looks super embarrassed and you could tell like he got caught, you know what I mean? Like, Oh crap, I had the straight, but this is the kind of stuff you have to do. Like once you move up and no limit hold them, right? Like I overbet the pot with top set and then I had to fold and I can't like be sick. I would love to have the luxury of feeling sick in this situation. I don't have time for that. There's another hand. And it's like, if I put the hand together, well and i got value from what i knew about their range and then i got away when i learned more and learned my hand couldn't do well against that range why would i be why would i be frustrated like if fraz Draco had seen me like back when him and i were like on the road uh at the same time like if he saw me being like oh my god i overbet and then i had to fold and he was like well was it a good fold yeah so what's your problem like he would just you know he'd just rag on me like what what's your problem kid He saw me get one out at one time, like set over set. And I like I got outside and went, right, I I might have said a different word than that. But uh, he uh, he he literally started like ripping on me right after I took a one out or he's like, what's your problem? You got it in set over set. You didn't do anything wrong. You know what I mean? It's like, honestly, I needed that. I didn't need somebody to go, oh, poor baby. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like life is tough. It's just like, you know, shut up, go play poker. Like, you're supposed to be a poker player, right? Prove it to me. Like, I don't believe it right now, the way you're acting. it was like, that was honestly what I needed to hear, you know? And it's like, uh, you probably, you made a good fold here, I'm sure. I would bet, uh, you know, I would bet that turn. The number that went through my head was 11K. I probably would fire the river a lot. I would bet like 18K on the river. Like to a dip, like if you're playing against like a Phil Galphon, that's going to be pretty obviously a thin value bet with one pair, and he's going to shove on you like all day. But like versus your caliber of player, they're just going to sweet, what a price, and then they're going to call, and that's exactly what you want. And I don't think they're going to shove with anything but the top of their range. This assumes the flush draw doesn't get there. By the way, uh, if the flush draw gets there and you bet, I think you're. Uh, <laughs> you're uh, <laughs> You're, you're 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 being a little hopeful but yeah okay that was your first question that took 20 minutes okay. to answer <laughs> yeah.
1: all right so actually this guy did send in a huge email and it was a couple of weeks ago so i, I don't mind giving him a little bit more air time and stuff oh, for, oh, cool, for yes. this one. Uh, i think he's based in south africa as well i forgot to <laughs> no, say it's no, yes. quite cool yeah um okay uh i think i think i can't remember I, that's jumping into my mind Uh, Next hand is a little later in the same tourney. I'm about 65k and blinds are 600-1200 with a 100 ante. On an eight-handed table, I have 7s under the gun and make it 2400. I get called by the cutoff, who is another young kid who has played quite snug, and the big blind who will play any two cards, so I know he was always calling. The flop is queen-eight-seven-rainbow, which as flops go, it's about as good as they come. I see bet c-bet 5k into the 7k-ish pot and get two collars, which I think is a little odd, but I have to think, unless a straight card comes in, I'm probably going all the way with his hand. On the turn is the king. No flush draw is present. The big blind now leads for 10k. I have a total of 50-ish left, with young kid still behind. What would you do with this? I thought about making it 25k, as king-queen is never folding here but thought that bet size might look a little weird as I would already be well committed. So I go ahead and shove the 50k in. Uh, Would you think this is pretty standard uh, or an over bet?
2: I think think you play the hand great. I think the only possibility of getting like value from like a one pair type hand that got confused. And this like really changes things that this is South Africa because it's a newer poker market. So you do see a bunch of like random leads in pretty much any newer poker market, so we can assume there's probably still some, like, one-pairs that, like, want to see where they're at. Like, you know, I have the Queen-10. That was a bat- big card. I don't want a check call. Like, and, uh yeah, sorry. My uh, garage is opening and closing. My Maltese is barking. I'm sorry about that, guys, but welcome to my house. I play high-stakes poker here, if you can believe this. <laughs> like, but, uh, uh, oh, Sorry. But uh, yeah, now, nah. and my uh, wife is talking to me because apparently the radio show is not important. But uh, anyway, yeah, uh, they uh, stop, stop barking, stop barking. You never bark ever, like she never barks, and she's just like, oh, one hour podcast. Yo, let's go, you know. But uh, anyway, yeah, in newer markets, a little more likely that they're leading like small pairs. And, uh, you know, like queen 10, like, oh man, I don't want to, you know, I want to see where I'm at now that that's king peeled off. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, the best way for you to keep looking like you have five, six or nine, 10 here. I think it's just a straight out jam. Uh, I think you could do it like, uh, the timing is always kind of hard to get because you got to look like you kind of freaked out. But if you do it too quickly, it looks like you knew exactly what you were going to do. So, uh... That's that's something that comes more with time, and uh, they just left a garage door open, and a street dog just walked into my yard. I'm not even making this up. Like this is this is my life, guys, and I have to sit here. I have to sit here getting check raised by big hoony, and then have this happening. He's a good dog. Hey, what's up, Toki? How you doing? But anyway, he's a, he always waits for me with the taxis. He's a, he gets a haircut every three years. He's pretty rough looking, but yeah, anyway, um, I think that was the best you could play. I really want to go to, have you ever been to South Africa? I really want to go to South Africa. No, I've not, I've not been. I love their, uh, they have a battle rap league there, and they're like some of my favorites. Their accents are so cool. Like, it's like, it, it just, I don't know, because it's like, they they speak really good English, but they still have like the accent from like Africa proper. So it's like the, the language is just like it's very beautiful. Like the way they go of geese, yeah, 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 yeah. And they <laughs> like yeah, but it's like it just sounds like if you get a chance, if you, any of you guys listening get to look this up, it's uh. I hope I'm saying his name right, Tumi, versus a guy named Nestle, and it's spelled N-E-S-S space L-E-E, and Tumi is spelled T-U-M-I, but it's like. It's like the big, it it was like their, like one of their big, biggest rappers, like went into like one of his first rap battles and he just kills it, Barry. Like, it's just like the crowd is just insane the entire time. And like, they're both like freestyling too. Like a lot of guys don't freestyle anymore. And like, this guy's like from the dirty South in America, Nestle. And he's like, you know, he's a. he came in with it, and he's freestyling. The other guy's freestyling, and their riddings are crazy. And it's just, like, it's really fun. Like, it's really uh, it, it's really dope. Like, it was uh, – that's, like, one of my favorite battles of all time. I can't wait to – I also think, like, I don't know, like, South Africa, like, a lot of people don't realize, like, how nice some of the cities are and stuff. Like, I've seen – my buddies have, like, shown me pictures. I was like, Jesus, that is beautiful, you know. So I really want to get down there. Also, that not- –
1: film, uh, movie I watched recently, that Chappie. Um, it was oh, called. yeah,
2: yeah. He's all uh, about South, Af- South Africa.
1: Yeah, that's in South Africa. It's the, the people, two of the actors, this guy and Gero, they're some, like, South African rap, hip-hop type group or whatever. They do the whole soundtrack for it. Really? And so, some of it was very cool. I can't remember what they're called anymore. But Was um, that Die
2: Antwerp or something like that? Was
1: that... I can't remember. My cause... girlfriend's friend's cooler than me with it. Like, yeah. they current hip-hop stuff, obscure stuff, she knew who they were, she said it to me, and I was like, yeah, that was right, I said, I would need to look them up, because it was, uh, they were quite cool, like, some of the music was good in it, that chappy, it was actually a better film than I thought it would be, as
2: well. I, I, I fell asleep during District 12, or whatever his, District 9, but that, so I can't really comment on it, which makes me really embarrassed, I was, at the theater, and I fell asleep. Also, if you guys want to check out a really good South African grunge band, like a band that like put all the my countrymen in Seattle to shame, uh, check out this band. They used to, I think, they were called Saran Gas in South Africa, but they're called Seether. And I mean, uh, have you ever heard of this group? No. Uh, check out their first album; is like one of my favorite like rock albums of. All time, like every song is just a banger, and like I don't—he has like just it, the the guys like uh, it's it, it's just like unadorned like grunge, but you can tell they came from like you know th- they came from like the setting that would actually like warrant it, you know what I mean? Like there was there was a lot of grunge bands in Seattle, like after Seattle got a little more affluent, I'm like yeah okay, what do you have to be uh, worried about, it, buddy? But, like, the way, like, this guy comes off, like, in this album is just ridiculously cool. It's, like, but, yeah, now that I've geeked out about... Die, die Antwerp. Yeah, that yeah. It. That's what you said, yeah, that's, that's what, what I said. was. Yeah, yeah, I think man. that means, like, totally effed up in some right. local language there or something, but, like, uh, like, literally means that, but... Yeah, well,
1: I hope he was uh, based in South Africa, but I do ring a bell. I think at the bottom, like, his signature on his email had something like South Africa. It'd be, per- sure it'd be pretty
2: funny if it was, like, <laughs> you know, like. Yeah.
1: But then- no, I'm sure I'm 99%. Also, for the record, he has young kid calls for almost the same amount and big blind open folds ace king. The young kid had 8-8. What a cooler.
2: Wow. Wow.
1: And he just, he was wanting to hear if you think the smaller race size would have been a better option.
2: Nope. Looks too suspicious. You can't represent. Only the sickest players there are, like, raise call with a draw. And they're, (laughs) like, obviously like me. No, I'm just kidding. But, like, (laughs) uh, with a draw there, it's actually interesting to raise call because then people, like, if they're bluff catching, have to, like, move in. You know? And... uh, a lot of people just won't move in with a bluff catcher. However, they will try to catch with a bluff catcher by just calling. So I like, you know, if you've done a few of those, like raise, you know, like raise really big with a draw, then by, by all means, raise with your set here and blend it in. But I, I usually at the first stage in the tourney, you don't have to do that. Okay.
1: Well, Peter, we hope that answers your two questions. Um, We've got time for one more question, I think. it's. I think it's a short-ish uh, one. So we, we'll finish on this one. This was one, again, that was emailed in a while ago. We did have a big backlog of questions and stuff with pre-recording. So we'll, we'll go with this one to finish, Alex, if you're good. Yeah, I'm good. Let's go. Okay, this is from Mickey Weissman on Twitter. And he has a question for Alex for the next podcast. And I apologize if it's a stupid basic one. But is there an option on Hold'em Manager 2 where you can display your own stats based on how a particular villain sees you, as opposed to just your overall stats. I hope that makes sense. Uh, let me know if you want me to clarify anything. I'm currently listening to episode 42 on my holidays poolside in Portugal. Keep up the great work. Uh, that's I good. I always like to hear people listening to us uh, You know, on their holiday or their commute and
2: stuff. It's, it's I, I like it when they're at work, because I remember... I i remember, no, I mean, yeah. That's, like, that's, say this. Yeah, I like
1: going out work. Yeah, I get to
2: work, all of you. Like, but, no, because I remember being at work and listening to podcasts about poker, and it's pretty. God, and the podcasts were so bad when they started. I know I've gone out about that, but you, like, you guys don't know how lucky you are. Like, the original, like, uh I know I work with them, but the original, like, Bluff podcast was so bad. It was, like, some British guy for two and a half hours, like, going off about nothing. And Sounds familiar. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Sounds
1: like me, right? We, 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 we do it, but in an hour. Yeah, exactly. But
2: they were – I remember he did this – actually, I should I should be fair. I only listened to one episode. But he, like, ranted for 30 minutes about some tournament he watched. And then, like, he, he's like, we're going to call Jeff Madsen up. First call doesn't go through. And they're like, okay, hold on, we're going to get this. I'm like, you couldn't have cut this? Like, we all have to hear this? (laughs) Calls again, doesn't work. Calls again, gets to Jeff Madsen. Jeff Madsen is clearly blazed, like, out of his mind and is giving one-word answers for the next, like, hour. And I would sit there in my security job walking through cubicles to make sure the guy from Bangladesh wasn't making off with any of the monitors and i would listen to this and i'd be like dear god i got to get out of here you know what i mean like it was all, it was a form of sadism now anyway masochism excuse me but uh yeah uh how does villain view you uh there's per session statistics uh like in a particular session you can see how it's like popping up i think Notecaddy caddy has some advanced features that can show like like it, it can like show like in a particular spot what the guy has done if you pull that hand up and it was you in that particular spot he played with that is just gold because it doesn't really matter like if it, like if it shows you as like twenty eight seventeen or like twenty fifteen or like twelve ten like I've found like people don't react to that nearly as vividly as if the last time they called you in this particular spot you were on like a stone cold bluff. Right. Or if the last three times they've seen you do this, you've had the nuts. Right. And uh, that's about the best feature I could find. I remember, I remember like really trying, like I, I, I was on the phone literally with hold the manager, people saying like, Hey, you know, if you could make like another way I could like click my HUD stats and see what I look like to one guy you know that would mean a lot and they do have like versus hero statistics and show how you and the other guy have played with each other and with no caddy you can like see specifically what we're seeing uh what the guy's been seeing but as far as like a comprehensive like what statistics you've been running at versus another guy i don't think if you think about that you'd have to run like you'd have to run a separate HUD for every player on yourself. So you multiply that across like 12 tables. That's uh, that's like hundreds of extra HUDs. I think. So I think the processing power might just not be there yet, but there are a lot of options to see like how you and another player have been playing. Uh, But yeah, uh, that should be. uh, Yeah. Get, get no caddy. Yo, and then get the assassin Auto HUD. Yo, we put it all together. I love this thing we got we got the assassin on cash HUD now coming out we're gonna be playing uh more cash online and uh yeah we've been we retooled the hud for six max cash and it's like it's really sick you know you get to see like what the guy opened from what position and you know how he played it versus you and you can just uh you know it's it's been really cool like in the field there's been a lot of times i've you know like i'm about to fold the river with fourth pair and i'm like okay trying to get into a good habit. I'll watch all his river bets. Okay, there he has jack high. There he has king high. Okay, there he bet folded, so he clearly didn't have anything really good. Okay, there he bet folded. Okay, I'm going to call here. Okay, sweetie, has ace high. Awesome. You know, like, completely changes the tide of the tournament. So, yeah, you know, get cracking. And thank you uh, for, I guess, you can take a vacation. I approve. It's good. It's good for you, man. Uh, Portugal is beautiful. I'm glad you're out there having a good time and listening to my nasally drone and uh, Barry's Scottish brogue.
1: Yeah, cool. Well, that's all the questions for this episode. Uh, keep them coming in. Email questions at oneouter.com or tweet them to me at oneouter.com, and we'll get them read out on the next show. We've got a few more questions. In the tank for next episodes, but keep coming in because uh, they will get answered eventually. Uh, Alex, how can people get in touch with you? How can they buy your huds, uh, bedspreads, t-shirts, pillows, <laughs> etc.? Uh, how can people
2: get in touch and follow you? The Assassinato Hot Air Balloon is out now. Now, uh, uh, but uh, yeah, check uh, if you want to check out my custom HUD. Go to assassinatohud.com. Uh, be sure to write me at assassinatocoaching at if you have questions about anything. Uh, if you want to talk to me about private lessons there, that's the place. If you want to be on my mailing list for when we have deals and whatever, be sure to check that out. Be sure to check out my, sub, my hub, the main site, pokerheadrush.com. And that's where like all the videos, articles, blogs, uh, all that stuff, radio podcasts, like everything's linked to there. Yeah, that, My blog is there, so if you want to read me, like, ranting about Mad Max or something like that, uh, a lot of people seem to really enjoy, like, the normal blogs. They're just, like, my reports of, like, my day-to-day interactions with random Costa Ricans and, you know, just what it's like to actually, like, be a professional poker player and not, you know, eating your Fruit Loops out of your mom's basement and calling yourself a pro. And uh, there's also... There's a lot of strategy articles on that site. You can also check out my strategy articles at bluff.com, pokernews.com, pocketfives.com. And if you want real quick links to like all the things we got going on, be sure to go to twitch.tv slash the assassinato. Favorite this channel so you can watch me play like MTTs uh, when we do uh, bring it up. You can watch like almost live. We, uh, we obviously have to have a little bit of a delay so nobody can see my whole cards. Yeah, you can watch me playing, like, high six MTTs. We're going to have cash games coming up, all that good stuff. You know, and underneath the stream, there's, like, the links to everything, like the rap battles, the pocket fives, like, strategy articles, the bluff strategy articles. And be sure to sign up for Card Runners. Like, my cheapest, like, training option is at Card Runners. Uh, Promo code FREEMONTH, all capital letters, get two months access to uh, 2,000-plus videos for just – for just $30. And also if you go to cardrunners.com. This is kind of a cool thing. I just figured out. But if you go to the videos. And like filter for free videos. There's like tons of free videos on card runners. Like and uh, some of them are mine. Like hand history reviews or whatever. So like if you want to check it out for free. Be sure to do that. And uh, also you know be sure to pick up your copy of you. Uh, not you flat too much. That's the check raise fool. You should pick up your copy of you flat too much too. And uh, if you ain't got the skrilla. For the full videos, be sure to go to pokerheadrush.com, the strategy section, and read the free articles associated with it. And yeah, you know, hit me up on Twitter at the Assassinato. You wanna say what's up? And yeah, that's about that's about it. Perfect.
1: And yeah, reminder keep your questions coming in and we'll deal with them and see y'all on the next show.
0: Cheers. Cheers. Million Dollar Sundays are here to stay. Playing a $1 million tournament is now a regular thing with the Million Dollar Sundays. Coming on Sunday, August 2nd at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, we're hosting a $1 million guaranteed No Limit Texas Hold'em Tournament, where the winner walks away with $200,000. This is our third million-dollar tourney with more lined up in the future. You're going to love the Million Dollar Sundays Tournament with daily free rolls to win your seat for free, tons of satellites to qualify for a fraction of the cost, and free bank wires for the top nine finishers. Don't miss your chance to win part of the $1 million guaranteed. Qualify today for the Million Dollar Sundays Poker Tournament. AmericasCardRoom.com.